0: Hello, everybody, and again, welcome to the KCAST podcast. I'm Chris Eckenroth. Today, again, we are in Revelation chapter 2, specifically verses 1 to 7. If you can, grab your Bibles and we'll dig in. As we dig in, I'd love to pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. That is forever. It's true. You're faithful to it. Teach us today wherever we are at. Lord Jesus, we want to see you. We believe this book is a revelation, a a source to reveal more of you. So we want to see you. We want more of you, Lord Jesus. In your precious name, amen. Revelation chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, says this, to the angel of the church of Ephesus write. Again, last time we learned that the angel probably speaks to the leader, the elder, the pastor, the leadership of the church. We look at the very first church as described, first described in chapter one. This first church is Ephesus. This is a literal church there in Asia, a literal church. And we also just uh, talked about how the idea that each of these churches was symbolic or is symbolic of the church throughout history. So, this is the first one. It's in Ephesus. Here's what the Spirit says. Here's what Jesus says. These things says He, Jesus, who holds the seven stars in His right hand. Again, the seven stars. We denote it are these seven leaders, these seven elders, these seven church leadership teams holds him in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Again, these seven golden lampstands are simply symbols of the church. What a beautiful picture. Jesus holding the leadership of his churches in his right hand. Jesus smack dab in the midst of his church. Verse two, I know your works. You see, I'm in the midst, Jesus says. I'm close. I'm not far off. I've not just been uh, waiting for the latest press release. I've, I've been watching because I'm right here. I know personally, intimately know your works as a church, your labor, Ephesus, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. And that you have tested those who say they are apostles. The word apostle means to be sent. You test those who say they are sent by me and are not. And have found them to be liars. You have tested what they have said against the word of God and found them to not be true. I know your works, your labor, your patience. You can't bear evil and you test what people say against the word of God. Verse 3. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Oh, Ephesus, I see it. I see how passionate, how zealous you are for my truth, my name. You don't let people just drag my name through the mud. You, you make sure that what is said, what is upheld comes from me. You don't let difficult moments or, or extended times uh, wear you out. You keep your nose to the grindstone and you keep persevering. You keep on. I see it. Verse 4 Nevertheless, I have this against you. The Lord seemingly thus far has been very complimentary of the church in Ephesus. I mean, they're getting this letter. They're feeling good about it. Everyone come together. Listen to this. This is what Jesus is saying to us. He saw it. He saw it. Man, he knows. And then all of a sudden he says, nevertheless, I have this against you. The needle on the record. Wait, wait, wait what? Nevertheless, I have this against you. That you have left your first love. What's helpful in studying this church in Ephesus is that actually, here in the New Testament, there's an, a letter, a whole book in the New Testament designated to the church in Ephesus the book of Ephesians. It's the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to this church. And here's what's interesting, years before this, that that Paul writes this letter, and he has this, this one verse, it's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, that speaks directly to this. Nevertheless, church in Ephesus, Ephesians, you've left your first love. Notice what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Here's what he says, I have heard, I mean, people are talking, church. You have a reputation. I mean, far and wide among the, all the other churches. People, when, when they talk about Ephesus, man, this is what they're saying about you. Here's what Paul says. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Man, oh man, don't you want to be a church that has that reputation? You want to go to this church? You want to that church? Man, we want to go to this, this the first church, man. I'm telling you, everyone's talking. It's a church that their faith in Jesus is unwavering. Man, their love for people is unprecedented and unparalleled. Man, doesn't that sound like a church you want to be a part of? That was Ephesus. That's what Paul was hearing. That was the word on the street. You've probably heard me say it a hundred times, that oftentimes in Scripture, when you find that word faith, just for understanding purposes, you can oftentimes replace it or insert the word relationship just to kind of give it an easier way to understand it. So it's helpful to me, at least. Paul says, I have heard of your relationship with the Lord Jesus and how that, how that has resulted in a love for people. Evidently, the church in Ephesus had this amazing relationship with Jesus, this faith where they just held on to Jesus, resulting in not only a love for Jesus, but a love for people. And now back in Revelation, Jesus says, man, I see all this stuff. I see how you're zealous. I see how you do not let Satan get a little foothold with any kind of lie or or, uh, wavering from clear word in scripture. But yet I had this against you because you've left your first love. That first love certainly is that intimate personal relationship with Jesus that was then flowing into uh, loving other people. Jesus says, I see it. You see, you see the result of it? You're so bent on truth, it's impacting how you're treating people. And really, the root of the issue isn't how you're treating people. That's simply the symptom of of something before that. And the thing before that is, it's you and me. It's me and you. There's a problem with our relationship. You've gotten so focused on truth that you've forgotten the author of, the person of, truth. So here's a biblical truth that we can take out of this, or a biblical principle Our faith, our relationship with Jesus will always impact how we treat and view people. So verse 5, Jesus says this. It's the first of three R's in verse 5. He says, remember, stop. Just stop and think about what it used to be like. Remember. Therefore, from where you have fallen. Second R, repent. Do you remember? Oh man, I remember. <laughs> Maybe they recount some of the words of Paul in Second Corinthians chapter five, as letters were coming out and being shared. It says just the love of Christ compels me to stop living for me and start living for him as they heard the stories about Jesus as they heard about how Jesus just was, was was could could not be stopped from going to the cross how that message just penetrated every surface within them and got to their hearts it was the love of Christ going to the cross for them for them that compelled them to stop living for themselves and start living for him. Oh, man. Love begets love. Jesus loved me. Oh, I love Jesus. And my love for Jesus is now pouring out in my love for people. John says here, Jesus is actually, remember. Do you remember? Oh, man, I remember. If you remember, Jesus says, second R, Repent. Again, I I feel bad just because I say this so many times, but I believe it to be completely true. At creation, you and I were endowed with this power. It's the power of decision. Jesus says, remember and then exercise the power that I have given you to repent, to make a turn. It's a 180 degree turn to turn back. Remember and then repent. It's a strong word because Jesus is making it clear. This is sin. You, you, can, you can justify it. You can try to make it legitimate by saying, but, but Jesus, we're, we're, we're fighting for you. We're doing all this for you. And Jesus says, I see it and I love it. But there's still something. There's something you're missing. Don't you remember? Don't you remember us? Don't you remember the relationship? Yeah, I... then repent. Turn back, make a decision to turn in your lives as a church and do the first works, or else Jesus says, Wow, there'll be consequences. Or else I will come to you quickly, I'm not messing around, and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Lampstand, again, is a symbol of the church. Jesus says, Remember, repent, or I will remove, third R, your lampstand. I will take away your church status from my eyesight. You will no longer be my church. Remember, repent, or I will remove. Verse 6, But this you have... (laughs) that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Jesus is gentle. He says, listen, your passion for truth is spot on. The full measure of truth. But here's what they're missing. The full measure of relationship, the full measure of grace, we oftentimes think that we have to kind of pick one or the other. Well, we're going to be the truth church. That's us. Yeah, people are going to label us as the conservative, as the legalistic. But man, hey, thus saith the Lord. And we think we have to pick. And then on the flip side of that, well, we're going to be the grace church. We're going to be the relationship church. And you know, what? I know what it says, but we're just going to focus. We're, we're just going to focus on Jesus. And we're not going to worry about all those other things, as if that makes sense. But that's not true. Jesus is calling him to the full measure of both. Notice what it says in John 1:14. It says this, And the Word. Those words, words that were written on pages or on scrolls by the pens of the prophets under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Ah, it's Jesus. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, Watch it. Here it is. Full of grace and truth. Jesus comes. Jesus came in the full measure of truth. At the very same time, Jesus shows up in the full measure of grace. We think we have to choose. Jesus no, I come and I call you. To the full measure of both. You say, well, how do you do that? How do you do both? Grace and truth. First of all, when it comes to truth, you make your decisions as an individual and as a church body. Base You base your decisions on what God has said, period. Truth. You say, but what about grace? And then you treat one another like Christ has treated you. The full measure of grace, the full measure of truth. I find it interesting that Jesus tucks that in in verse six when he says, he says, again, you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans? Looks both ways. And then he says, yeah, me too. The Nicolaitans, again, it's believed that the Nicolaitans refers to a group of people who came out of uh, one of the first deacons, Nicholas, Acts chapter 6, verse 5. It is believed that Nicholas, who was one of the original seven deacons, as time went on, began to introduce, promote the idea in church that, yes, oh yeah, this is true, that's what God says, but then we can also add this. In other words, he was promoting biblical compromise. That's what the Nicolaitans were known for, biblical compromise. They were compromising the truth. And so Jesus says, you know what, you hate that? You actually get that for me because I hate that too. <laughs> that full measure of truth, he's affirming that. But what he is calling them to is to remember and then repent from the sin of not the full measure of grace treating people the exact same way that Jesus has treated you and me in light of the cross. Verse 7, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. It's the same Spirit that gave the greeting there in chapter 1. Jesus says, if you're hearing this, it's because the Spirit of the living God is speaking to your heart. To him who overcomes, Jesus is about sharing his victory on the cross with you and me. He says, to him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life. Oh, that tree that was in the garden that produces a new fruit every single month, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Jesus, who is in the midst of his church, says, oh man, If you will share, I want to share with you my victory on Calvary's cross so that I who am in your midst will then take you to a place that I prepared for you and together we will eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise I've been preparing just for you. The church in Ephesus, symbolic of the early church there in the church's history. And Jesus says, I see I'm in the midst but stop and remember. Here's the question. Is Jesus asking you to stop and remember? Is he asking you to repent of anything in your life? Maybe it's the the full measure of grace and relationship, but you don't have the full measure of truth in your life. You've been minimizing that like the Nicolaitans. Maybe you are just, man, you are all about the truth, but you've been minimizing relationship and the grace that Jesus has shown us. Jesus says, remember, repent, exercise the power that I have given you. Make a decision. Do it quickly. Don't put it aside. Otherwise, I will remove your church status. Man, it is direct words from Jesus. And he says all of this because he loves his church and he loves you. Thanks so much for listening today to the KCAST podcast. We'll talk to you soon.